Melbourne's property recovery. Let's have a look. Good morning, everyone. I'm Florian Heiser, and welcome to another episode of Heiser Says. I've got my morning stein of coffee, and this Monday, I thought we would have a look at two articles about the property recovery in Melbourne. It's recovered, apparently. Let's, let's have a look at that, guys, because we're going to see two, I would say, conflicting pieces of information from the same publication within days of each other. Now, before I jump into this, I'd like you to share this video with your friends and family that are interested in property and getting a better understanding of economics and what we're told from the media and our political leaders. We need to think about these things and we need to start questioning it. And it may just be one video that they might have some peripheral interest in that might get them started. You'd be surprised. Hell, if my mother can watch my, watch my video on the cash ban and for the first time ever get, get you know, a bit worried about these type of things, I think anyone can, guys, and I'd really appreciate it. So, Melbourne real estate market recovery blossoms in spring. So this is a piece that was uh, from realestate.com that was originally written for the Herald Sun. So here we go. The Melbourne market is recovering in spring. Wow. I'm uh, dubious, right? <laughs> right to start with. I don't really doubt, don't trust it that much. What do you think, guys? For those of you who are watching from Melbourne, do you think the market has recovered? I mean, for the last few months, I've been reading about, uh, you know, an issue in Victoria, which is their budget. The state's budget was insufficient due to drops in stamp duty revenue. Hmm. Funny that. And what did the Labor government do down there? Put up taxes. The spring selling season has kicked off strongly to solidify signs of a Melbourne market recovery. September has so far returned auction clearance rates above 74% each week and seen properties saw hundreds of thousands of dollars and sometimes more than 1 million past their reserves. Okay, let's just have a look at this. The clearance rates, uh, I, I don't really think they're that important. They put a whole lot of weight onto these clearance rates, but the variance between them can depend upon uh, just the number of properties that are at auction. How many are removed prior? How many are sold over? I mean, Tasmania had 100%. Western Australia, Northern Territory had 100% clearance rates. But that's not the news. They only, they really only focus on Melbourne and Sydney. But, I mean, for those of you out there who have bought, have you bought in an auction? Would you buy in an auction? It seems like a very... I can understand why, people, why sellers would want to do it. It seems like a, a, an emotional way to you know, push up the price. I mean, one million bucks past their reserve with the way the economy is going, that, that would have to be a very rare and unique property where people would have to be highly, highly emotionally invested to go that, that high, wouldn't you? I mean, it depends on what percentage that is. If it's a $50 million property, one million bucks, you know, relative is not a significant portion or as a significant portion. But you know, Let's tell you that costs a lot more than my house. Sellers are back in the box seat, although many homeowners remain reluctant to list as a result of market corrections that has wiped 9.5% from Melbourne home values since they peaked in November 2017. Now, what I will bring up, what I will bring up is just to just to show people, just to show people, and I will bring this uh, reference image. This is 
This is showing foreign investment review board, some of their data. And you've got blue is approved investment in new housing. Red is approved investment in established housing. And the black line above is approved investment in housing as a share of ABS residential building approvals. So you can see here in 14, 15, 16, these ones here, approvals, foreign investment for as a share of building, all building approvals from ABS for residential properties was over 80% and then over 90%. So, and then it cooled off. So you wonder, is it surprising that the prices peaked just after this started cooling off? I mean, think about it. Is it sustainable? Because this flows on to the rest of the market. This flows on to the rest of the market. Established housing will also be pushed up. And this is foreign investment that's come in. I, I you know, I, I would, I'm thinking more and more, <laughs> if we have foreign investment, make sure they can only buy any housing or property in Australia. Even all the Chinese investors can only be paid for in gold. Can only be paid for in gold, not in Australian dollars. Or even if it is, it has to be gold has to be bought, and then the gold has to be transferred over. You know, I, I, so we get more of it in the nation. I, I don't know. May, maybe I'm just going. I'm reading too much, <laughs> too much about real money, and I'm getting in. You know, a bit paranoid. But nonetheless, the reason that they peaked, part of it could be to do with this tremendous amount of foreign investment that came in at that time. And I was talking to a mortgage broker friend, and he was saying, you know, a lot of this data was never recorded, so it was a lot worse than this previously. But it just wasn't recorded. Who, who, it was never, you know, the methodology, who should record it? The real estate agent, the lawyers, no one ever did. No one ever did because, you know, it's extra work and people are lazy at the end after you've made your money. So, this is only fueling the market resurgence by giving buyers little to choose from. So there you go. It's a supply issue. Experts say the downturn is done. Really? And three straight months of dwelling value rises reported by CoreLogic support that. Three months. Three months say the downturn is done. But, you know, before we jump to those conclusions, we'll just, just jump over here and we can have a look at just, just one thing that may have contributed to that. This is our interest rate, the cash rate. Okay, so three straight months of price rises with less supply coming on the market, interest rates down, even the requirements from APRA for borrowers have also lightened up. It used to be 7%, you know, that you'd have to be able to pay now. I think it's 2.5%. And even more talk of interest rates cutting. Apparently, you know, people are saying this week. Or next week. Well, actually, yeah, it is this week. But so you can see, you can see why you know, there's a whole lot of additional circumstances with this core logic data that needs to be taken into account. You know, we need to think about that. Advantage Property Consulting Director, Frank Valenti, said May's federal election result changed the state of play. There are a lot of people holding off before it. And if Labour got in, we'd still be in a buyer's market and a down market, he said, noting the potential impact of pros negative gearing and capital gains tax changes. A string of important changes followed. The Reserve Bank cut the cash rate to a record low of 1%, and the Australian Prudential Regulatory Authority removed interest-only lending caps and a 7% serviceability buffer on loans. See, this is, this is one thing. We had the Royal Commission, and it was all throughout the media of the dodgy brokers, you know, 
getting people to borrow so much and the banks taking advantage of these people. Yet, it's all gone out the window when they need to keep the can going, when they need to keep stimulating the economy. Because it's starting to feel like this is the only strategy that the, you know, modern monetary theory or monetarists in our you know, neo-Keynesian school of economics here at the RBA in Australia have is to just pump up the housing sector because as our treasurer hopes it'll flow through to the retail sector because people buy more crap to stick in their houses and you know you'll get all the tradies employed yet a few days ago we looked at construction is crashing in New South Wales so all of that has changed Melbourne from a buyer's market to a seller's market he said I mean Yes, realestate.com.au chief economist Nerida Coinsby said the end of the Banking Royal Commission was also key to the market's resurgence. While the supply-demand imbalance has pushed it further along, buyers are back, but at the same time, we haven't seen an increase in listings, she said. Well, could that be that if you listed your property and it falls through, there's a lack of confidence, there's a stain on the property on the market psychologically? That's putting pressure on prices in some location. Real Estate Institute of Victoria, Robin Waters said, the strong start to spring has been driven by buyers who are very keen to get into the market, coupled with vendors who have been reluctant since the correction. We expect the market to stay strong, she said. REIV figures show Melbourne hosted fewer auctions in the September quarter than the June quarter, but notched more sales. Well, I mean, good. That shows you, so the clearance rates are based on this data. The Institute expects just 7,000 homes to go under the hammer in Victoria throughout spring, which would be well down on last year's 11,036 auctions and the year before of 13,844. 13, CoreLogic auctions analyst Kevin Brogan said weekly volumes were creeping up as spring progressed, with last week's 1,020 auctions the third highest offering of the year. The resulting 75.6% clearance rate was deemed strong results for the market. So there you go. I mean, the clearance rates can sound good, but it's to do with what's put on the market. So people are not at a point. People are not at the point where they need to sell, where they need to sell. So the interest rate cuts have probably made it, well, have definitely made it easier for a lot of people to hold on to their properties. Maybe the, the mortgage stress has eased. Mr. Brogan said, while Melbourne's auction sales rate had languished just above 50% at best every weekend this year up to the federal election, it now remained above 70% since July. It's been a solid and stable recovery that's been to the benefit of vendors, he said. Notable September auction sellers were a Port Melbourne apartment at Beach Street that smashed its reserve by 1.54 million to fetch 4.34 million, and an Armdale house at 23 Hunting Tower Road that skyrocketed 1.4 past reserve to 4.35. So these are, I would say, at the luxury end of the market. You know, so they're paying 50% above the reserve. This is not, that's not enough to, um, you know, to base everything on. So I mean, here you go, we've got top annual growth for units, houses. I mean, I'll let you, I'll link to this article on the references so you can have a look but but you know this was written this was written it's positive piece on the 29th of september now we'll jump back to this other article written on the 17th of september slowest six months of sales on record in melbourne so 
A record slump in Melbourne house sales across the first six months of this year has led to their numbers falling faster than the city's median house prices. The new, new borough statistic figures show that just 19,032 houses sold between January 1 and June 30 this year. It's the first time less than 20,000 homes changed hands across the city in that period since the ABS began keeping, keeping records in 2002. In the same period in 2018, there were 25,200 sold, making a more than 24% reduction in sales numbers. The preliminary figures could yet be revised upwards, but by contrast, the city's median house price fell 9.3% from 750 grand to 680 grand in the past year. Real Estate Institute of Victoria's Vice President Adam Docking said homeowners have been scared off by selling in tough conditions earlier in the year, but the lack of homes for sale was now forcing prices up. There is a spike in price in them at the moment because of it. So, I mean, what incentive if you are looking at selling and prices are going up due to lack of supply on the market, lack of competition, and interest rate, cash rates have gone down and are potentially going down again, there's no incentive for you to jump on and sell now unless you suspect it is going to heavily decline soon and this is a blip. So how will people react? Will they hold off on selling their properties on the market to hopefully take advantage of this rise? And wouldn't that be the advice that real estate agents should be giving their clients that want to sell? This is the first real year of low volumes and from a buyer's point of view, they're paying more. But there's a heap of confidence out there in the marketplace at the moment. Buyer's advocate, Kate Bacos, agreed it was a very lean year. The only people who have been interested in selling are those who have opportunistically taken advantage of the market conditions to upgrade or those who have, for whatever reason, have had to sell, she said. However, Miss Bacos said home sellers might have already missed their best chance to make a move. The right time to sell was actually in the recent past, she said. It's not that it won't be a good time to sell in spring, but it would have been stronger in winter with less competition, in my opinion. So there you go. We've got, we're, we're getting two takes, two takes on the same story. So are we going to see more competition into them? More people trying to sell in spring and that will depress prices in Melbourne? Or is this the sign of a recovery? Or are we just having the combination of these reduced rates, limited stock on the market, all coming at the same time, pushing prices up? Is this a, a dead cat bounce in the market? What else is driving this this increased demand for this sector in melbourne what else is driving it so let's have a look i mean we can look here this is uh, from trading economics this is australian dwelling approvals and you can see the last time the data was recorded it was 9.7 percent down so this isn't confidence for the construction sector and here's residential property prices the june stats that they have this is the last data they have you know weighted average of all eight cities was down 7.4 percent Sydney down 9.6, Melbourne down 9.3, Brisbane 2.7. Everything's trending down. You can see here, trending down. So why would you jump to buy? Which hype would you listen to, guys? Will you get in? Get in, buy, 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 but now, do you have to buy? Or could you hold off? So it's, it's interesting to look at everything in comparison. I mean, here as well, we've got you know economic figures, and unemployment is going up. GDP is pretty much grow. Well, it's been depressed since the GFC. 
Oh, hang on, we'll jump here to look at our labor rates. Labor force, participation, unemployment rate, jump here. This is Trading Economics is a great website. You can see here we've jumped up for the first time in several measures. Historically, we're still relatively low, but does that scream confidence? So guys, let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. Like, share and subscribe. And if you want to help me produce this type of content, just trying to question what we're being fed by the media and by our leaders. I've got a Patreon and a Subscribestar. It really helps. Even just putting up with the ads I put in these videos or using the Amazon referral link. All of that adds up and gives me the time to devote to this. To devote to this and to look at all of these type of different things. But are you going to rush out and buy some Melbourne property now? Let us know in the comments and I'll talk to you later today. Take care.